To answer the question I've heard a few times over the past several months, yes, I am still doing these. Somewhat related to this, no, I don't remember a damn thing that happened in parts one and two. It's been a long pandemic, all right? Ah, yes, I remember now. It's the 80s. Jem is some kind of pop star superhero. And Eric sucks. Right, let's do this. The last episode apparently ended with a thrilling cliffhanger involving a boat collision, but that doesn't really happen. Mostly Jem dangles precariously over the ocean in a particularly badly animated shot that I might not have even noticed if the show hadn't cut to it 30 times during this thrilling no-boat collision sequence. Also, Jerrica's purple-haired boyfriend apparently thinks that saving another woman from drowning is the same as cheating on Jerrica? Never mind that Jem and Jerrica are the same person, a secret I'm already tired of, and we have so many more episodes to go. The misfits do the maritime equivalent of waggling their butts mockingly at the cruise ship as they escape, and the Countess says this. Oh, I should call the Coast Guard and have them pick up those misfits. Yes, I really should notify the authorities that those musicians tried to kill everyone on this boat, but I am, how you say, powerless. I do not even know the Coast Guard's phone number. But then the holograms remember they're supposed to win some kind of contest and make a video or something, so it's just as well we didn't spend the rest of the episode filling out a bunch of nautical paperwork. It's really hard to get a conviction in cases like that anyway. You're a crook, Captain Hook. Judge, won't you throw the book? Back at the orphanage, that one orphan who stole the honor jar money pays it back and the other orphans hassle her over it for some reason. You all hate me! I mean, I'm only three episodes in and I'm not crazy about you either. Meanwhile, the holograms and the misfits are both in the studio recording number one jams. The misfits' songs continue to be better. Pizzazz pouts over not being able to shoot their video in Paris like Jem, to which Eric responds with this. My dear Pizzazz, there's only so much money I can embezzle from Starlight Music until I own it. Well, your target audience of 8 to 12 year olds definitely know what embezzlement is. He did manage to embezzle enough to buy a ticket to Paris for his hired goon, though. The hologram's legs aren't going to break themselves with a crowbar, I guess. At the video shoot, the titular Kimber is unhappy that Jem, the actual front person of the band, is getting more attention than she is. I hope this doesn't cause some kind of a rebellion. Sure enough, she almost tells Jerrica's purple-haired boyfriend that Jerrica is really Jem, but the other holograms put a stop to that. Ugh. Jem continues to do her song, which is actually about Paris, and then kind of feels like seeing a band play live and one of the band members is actually wearing a shirt from the band. A little tacky, you know? Then Eric's thug, who actually has a crowbar, holy crap, I was just kidding about that, nearly drops a gargoyle on the band from a tall building. He doesn't get away with it, but imagine if he had. It's the perfect crime, really. You know how many gargoyle-related deaths they deal with in Paris every year? It's gotta be in the thousands, right? Back in America, that orphan goes to a club called Club. It's not the hippest venue in town, but it does have the distinction of having a 12-foot tall bouncer. Wait, hang on. The misfits also appear to be 12 feet tall. That or the orphan girl is really tiny. It's a little unsettling until you realize it feels like someone's playing with differently scaled action figures and that is definitely something this show's target audience would understand. Anyway, the misfits take wee Ashley under their collective wing and teach her how to be an awful person like they are. It mostly involves kicking chairs out from under people and not saying please and thank you. They're so bad! The holograms return to the U.S. only to find an apocalyptic nightmare society built entirely around the misfits. Well, that's how they react to... some posters. Because we all know how much people in cities pay attention to posters, and it's a lot! Fortunately, they also have a song about putting their posters over other posters and making sure their new record is in stores. 
I did kind of wonder how they were going to fill so many episodes with music, and the answer is incredibly specific songs that cover every possible plot development, which should be particularly fun after about episode 30 when they start running out of ideas and going full sunbow on us. Jerrica tries to get Eric to rein in the misfits, but he... Well, I think he's supposed to be coming onto her here, but... Mostly it looks like he shoves his hand through her head. Then some woman in, well, I was about to mock those weird dog tag things she's wearing, but I've been away for a while and I guess I forgot it was the 80s for a second there. Anyway, she invites Jem to whatever passes for MTV in this universe for an interview, but only Jem is invited. And guess how Kimber feels about that? Oh, Jem this, Jem that. You know what? No. I'm sick of being the invisible woman behind Jem. You can get some other flunky to plunk keys for you. Okay, the other two just silently standing there during all this has to be intentional irony, right? After Kimber storms off, Jem calls fake MTV and insists that the entire band be there for the interview, which feels like a whole barn door horses situation, but I guess her heart's in the right place. Also, she calls in a favor done at the radio station to go on the air and tell Kimber what's happening and apologize, which seems like a waste of a favor. Surely Synergy has access to Mr. Microphone technology. Jerrica's purple-haired boyfriend takes them to the interview and he gripes about being jealous of Jem, which... What? Also, would you just fucking tell him, please? There's absolutely no reason not to tell him. Like, the entire point of superheroes having a secret identity is to protect their loved ones, and the first episode opened with Jerrica's family dying. Purple-haired boyfriend is literally the only loved one who doesn't know. The holograms do a generic love song kind of thing, which makes the misfits so mad that they punch their radio. That doesn't seem like a hard reaction to provoke, though. They head to the studio and try to wreck the interview, but the rent-a-cop won't let them in. Well, the joke's on him because the misfits have a secret weapon, an extremely weirdly scaled orphan girl, and she can kick! Then the misfits crash the interview and just muscle in on the couch to talk about themselves, which I guess is how showbiz rivalries work? They're quickly muscled back out of the studio, but then someone realizes the episode is almost over and we need to end with an exciting cliffhanger, so when Jerrica's purple-haired boyfriend takes an elbow to the ribs, it somehow causes a studio fire that endangers Jem herself. That certainly is one way to end an episode, I suppose.